this week, Hampus sat down with sales consultant and mentor Scott Lease. Scott shared insights into what moves him as a leader, how he chooses new hires, and how the sales psychology is strikingly similar to an intervention. Where do you work? What do you do? I'm the senior vice president of sales at a startup in Austin called Outbound Engine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prior to that, I was the original VP of sales at a company called Main Street Hub, which Mm -hmm. we started in San Francisco, and then we moved the company out to Austin. So, um, in general, what I've done for the last 10 years or so in my career is I'm kind of the guy that founders call um, to get something off the ground. Oh, I'm, the, nice. I'm the first like two to three years guy. I'm going to get you to, you know, from seed stage to series C, I'm going to get you from zero to, you know, $50 million valuation. Oh, um, that That's kind of my niche. I've, I've enjoyed building stuff. I've, I've never, I've never stuck around, no. you know, anywhere on three years ever. Um, something else comes along and I kind of get the itch to go build stuff again. So it's a good itch. I mean, it's, sorry, it's a good niche. It's not a yeah. Good I don't think there's, a, I don't think there's a heck of a lot of people, um, no. as sales leaders who maybe enjoy that part as much, you know, you're, you're putting all the, all the pressure, all the stress, you know, I think, I think a lot of, <laughs> Especially after you've done it for a while, I think a lot of people don't like to get their hands as dirty as maybe no, exactly. required, you know. Um, but I like that part. My, my whole thing is I really start to lose interest when I feel like I'm no longer able to make an impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, in, and in my job, I work primarily with, you know, uh, entry-level sales, sales associates and, you know, people kind of in their first or second sales management role. Oh, so there's a lot of coaching, mentoring you know, uh, training involved. And, and that's the part that I, I enjoy, you know, you, I've taken a lot of people who, um, have broken backgrounds who had a lot of problems before and, mm-hmm. you know, tried to help them turn their lives around. And, you know, I got a lot of, a lot of neat stories about people who are on a much better path now. That part, that part really speaks to me. I think there's a lot of people who would, uh, like to sit around and look at reports all day long and, you know, tweak little things here and there to, to steal your word, to optimize different sales processes and everything like that. And, you know, that's totally fine. There's, there's a time and place for those type of people, sales sales leaders. Um, I just, at this stage in my life, I'm, I'm just not, not one of those people. I'd, I'd rather sit in a room and, you know, teach three or four 24 year olds, like, you know, a little bit about life and a little bit about sales and, yeah. and watch, watch them blossom. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, for me, it's, I reach a stage where I sort of feel like, well, I came here and I did what I came here to do. Exactly. I'm not really sure what is left for me to, to do. And then I, I, I get, you know, an itchy trigger finger. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, no, but I got you mean, like I remembered when I, when my former company, we hired a salesperson who, uh, like, I, I brought in a lot of the, like, I did a lot of the hiring for people and everything, and I remember by, uh, hiring our first, like, really senior sales guy for the U.S. and asked him, like, Bill, uh, like, what motivates you? Like, what drives you? Like, on the interview. And he just looked up at me, like, as I was crazy, and I was like, what? Like, half us, all salespeople are coin-operated. <laughs> and I was like, 
no, no, they're not. I mean, it's like, and then I, then I started feeling that now we're getting to the stage where we're actually hiring coin operated salespeople. Like we're just like setting their quota. That's the only way we can drive them. And then I just felt like this is no longer fun. I want to work with the people who are like, they've got some interesting motivation, like, like, like winning, like learning, they like achieving stuff. And then suddenly get to the point where it's like, throw more money at them and we'll get more money back. And then it's just, yeah. Like, yeah, well you, you reach a, I think you also can reach a place where, you know, at a certain point, the coins have diminishing return. Yeah. You know, if, if I can make the same amount of dollars at X company and Y company, I'd, I'd rather go to one that gives me a chance to do more of what I love. Exactly. It's so, so interesting. Like, if I was a founder, uh, it's like now I would just like, okay, so now Scott is going to, I'm going to try to get Scott to come along. But I guess, like, I mean, you won't. I mean, you're sitting at where you're right now and you're happy about that. But, like, if I would like to emulate Scott's, like if you would teach me, like how do I become the person? How do I become the sales manager to get stuff off the ground? Like how do I copy everything you do? Like what is your formula? Uh, I try to create things that um, will scale straight away. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I I can't, for example. Um, all of my experience has primarily been in transactional advertising, social media marketing, email marketing, all this kind of space, right? So um, like like Yelp's Salesforce or Yext or Yodel or Main Street Hub or Outbound Engine. Mm-hmm. So it's a transactional sales environment, meaning it's not super complex. Mm-hmm. So what I want, I'm teaching entry-level salespeople, a lot of whom have zero to two years of experience. So what I want is... To the best of my ability, I want them all to be saying the same type of thing. Okay. Yeah. So I create a system. I'm, you know, it's like I'm calling plays, and I want these particular plays run. I can't have a sales floor of twenty, fifty, a hundred people, and everybody's saying something different. It's very difficult for me to control that. I don't know what's working versus not working. Mm-hmm. So my job is myself when I go in. I need to figure out how to sell this particular product myself. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to close a deal. I just need to get to the place where, okay, I know what to say. I know how to find the pain. I know how to build the value. I know how to present our solution in an impactful way. And if I did this long enough, like I'm showing traction in my pipeline, deals are going to close. Mm-hmm. When I get to that stage, I write it up. I type it up. I literally have like a schizophrenic conversation with myself and just dictate everything down and, and kind of write out like this is how a perfect sales pitch mm-hmm. you know might go and uh and then i roll that out and i start trying to teach it to everybody i do the same thing with all the objections and rebuttals that you know somebody have for those objections um i take a look at you know i got to create a comp plan you make a comp plan that is meaningful and impactful to to bring on the right type of folks um, yeah, I try to create an environment and a culture that is about uh, personal and professional development. I, I'm not somebody who is necessarily the easiest person to work for. I demand a lot of my people in terms of their hours. I, I wasn't blessed with a huge fortune or, you know, uh, I mean, I, I've been through a lot in my life. I've had a lot of health problems. Like all the things I've, I've overcome, I did through outworking people and and i'm i try to instill some of that um so i'm looking for the right type of people i actually care kind of more about what's going on in somebody's head and their heart and 
than I do about their actual resume. So I'm yeah. looking to give people an opportunity, people who are grateful for that opportunity. So that's the kind of culture I'm trying to build is people who are ambitious, who are resilient, who are looking to learn and looking to grow and want to be mentored. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, start to operationalize things. I, I make sure we've got the right kind of sales enablement tools, everything from Salesforce to, uh, you know, I use a gamification platform called Hoopla. We mm-hmm. use, um, you know, a, a platform called InsideSales.com to and make sure we're calling the right leads at the right time, this, this type of thing. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that I do that I, I don't know if everybody does or not, but I, I find a way to have created relationships in the past that people want to follow me wherever I go. Mm, yeah. and that makes my job infinitely easier because now I've got people who know me and who know my playbook, yeah. who know what I'm looking for and how I do things and who know theoretically at least that everything I'm saying works and is going to work. Mm-hmm. So I've got buy-in, right? Um, and so that's something that I've had, you know, a good amount of success doing. And I think, you know, you, you do that by helping enough people and forging that bond and those relationships and they, they trust you and they can move forward with you in their career. And mm-hmm. that serves me when I go to some place. Yeah, of new. course. Of course. Yeah. Those are some of the, some of the things, I guess. But it sounds interesting because it sounds like what you're trying to do is, and I, I totally get what you're saying is like most people don't want to get their hands dirty because what you're essentially doing is that you're going in like in the trenches, becoming the salesperson, either closing the deal or like almost closing the deal and just like looking at it and saying like what actually happened and really sort of going through all the things you just did. And then you're looking for, in a sense, not the comfortable people to find, you know, not like the uh, intellectuals, like the people that you want to hang out with in your office. And like, you know, like you want to, the people you're bringing in are the people that other people would consider trouble. Yes. Uh, a lot of the time, a lot of the times that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. yeah. Because they were saying, like, these, I mean, as you said, like, these are fighters, in a good sense, I mean. These are people, these are, like, these are people who have been through some things, yeah. and who, hopefully, who hopefully are at a place in their life where they don't want to make the same kind of mistakes, mm-hmm. and they're ready to do something different and to change their, their life, you know? And it's not just about me getting in the trenches and learning how to sell it. I mean, I get in the trenches, and I'm the one recruiting. I'm the one managing initially. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm doing all of these different roles all at once. And, um, you know, once you get a small group of people and, uh, you know, you, you get some kind of success, it's like, okay, now it's just about, you know, adding, adding headcount and, and growing and, and scaling it. Like, I think that like sales 10 years ago felt to me that it was one of those things where it's like, either you're a salesperson or not a salesperson, you know, you have it in you and it's blah, blah, blah. And I think now it feels like, People really see that as all, all the other skills that it can be trained and learned. And, like, of course, there's some, some attitude that's, like, in, in line with what you do. But then there's another camp, which I think, which are, like, you have a lot of these, like, tech founders and what have you who are, like, computer science majors, and they want to build this theory around it. And you have a lot of bloggers, like, writing, like, you know, ideal target customer and personas and, and like, uh, perfect ways of doing this and A-B testing and split testing and optimizing and a lot of stuff. And it sounds to me just like, I don't want to put your words in your mouth, but it sounds to me you're kind of saying, yeah, like maybe you can, you can read all that if you want, or you can just go out and sign a couple of deals and just figure out what just happened. Yeah, I can, I can read about it and I can read other people's philosophies and I can buy into all that stuff or I get in the dirt and roll around and figure out what's true and what's not and, and, uh, and know for sure, yeah. you know, and I, I think that. 
there is a conflict sometimes um, in in organizations. I think I think people with a you know an engineering background they they expect everything to be a perfect science when yep. it comes to sales. Yep. And sales is uh, not always science. There's there's an element of mysticism and uh, and faith and randomness, you know. Um, and it's just not it's not as simple as one plus one equals two all the time. No, exactly. Um, you know, especially in, uh, especially depending on what type of sale you're making. And again, you know, I'm in a transactional environment and, and, you know, you're selling marketing services. I mean, you are a dealer in hope. I mean, that's what marketing is. There's no, there's no guarantee really uh, that anything, um, will work. So it becomes an emotional, sale there's an emotional component to it and that's very very hard to systematically you know put in a formula yeah no so, I, I totally agree yeah, and I, I i feel like in order for me at least to 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 capture the essence of of what my team now and in the future is going to have to do i need to be able to to really understand it from a first person perspective and and i think it helps me get buy in as well huge i think that as you said like most people avoid the trenches like you can just say like i talk to the clients like i know them yeah yeah and you know i've I've been doing this pretty close to the same darn thing for a long time now so it's like i know these clients i know these customers i know these products i know this sale i know you know there's a lot of stuff now that i'm finding uh, when people come to me for advice you know they're asking me questions that feel kind of really simple and obvious and and I'm thinking to myself, oh, doesn't everybody know that? I, I think I've kind of reached that stage now where stuff that feels obvious to me is, you know, maybe not as obvious to other people. Of course. Sometimes now I feel that I get irritated some days when I open up my inbox and I get like five emails which are all identical. Um, yep. And it's like somebody turned on one of those male machine guns and just bombarded with emails. And I got like... Oh Hampus, you forgot my last email, and it's like, no, I didn't. I totally yeah. tried to ignore you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy those uh, emails. I'm actually also not really a fan of just email selling mm-hmm. in general. That's not what my group does. My 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 team is 99% outbound cold calling. Okay. You know, much more old school, I guess. Uh, I'm not. I'm just not a huge fan of all that email stuff i'd rather just get somebody on the phone when when i say scripting um it doesn't mean robots no and it doesn't mean that everybody can pull it off i i one of the ways i try to explain it is you know if if you and i are writers in hollywood we're going to hand a script to an actor and that actor's job is to bring those words to life mm-hmm. and so your job is to take the words that i've put on paper and learn the tone necessary the cadence required, right? You need to learn when to sort of raise your voice, when to bring it down and whisper, mm. when to slow things down, right? And mm-hmm. all of that is salesmanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I want is more or less the same kind of flow happening mm-hmm. throughout every single sales call. Now, you and I are different. We're going to use different analogies or different stories, Um and that, that stuff is fine, but I want our, the flow of our call to be the same. W- one of the things that I teach my teams is that um, I try to model like an addiction 
like a recovery center. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you go up to somebody who's got you know addiction problems and you just say, "Hey, I found this killer place called Passages in L.A. I think we should go," they're going to look at you and tell you to buzz off, most likely, right? I don't have a problem. I don't, I don't need to go. They're not interested in the solution. And I think a lot of a lot of sales is just you know stereotypical, like, "Hey, here's what we can do." It's a flashy neon sign. Look mm. at it. Well, nobody cares about the solution until they can admit that they have a problem. Mm. So what we do is we enter a phone call and start having a dialogue with folks. And I need the prospect to come to a realization on their own that they have a problem. It's not enough for me to say, hey, Hampus, you have a problem with this particular thing. Mm. I need to ask enough questions in the right way that you come to the realization on your own, I have this particular problem. Mm. But getting somebody to admit that they have a problem is not enough. It's not enough to bridge the gap between I have a problem and I need to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. Rehab being like whatever my product is, that's the solution. Mm-hmm. The real nuts and bolts of everything is the value, which is why should I care about the fact that I have a problem? I think at the end of the day, if people don't get the problem, they don't get the problem. They don't care about you. Yeah. Um, I, so. I mean, I agree. If they, yeah. They have to know that they have a problem, admit that they have a problem. Yeah, and now now you're warmed up to hear about potential exactly. fix, fixes. Yeah. Exactly, fixes. Thanks a lot, Scott. This is super useful. I'm not going to take more of your time. All right, nice to meet you. I appreciate the time and the chat. Thanks a lot, Scott.